Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. Each episode features a special guest sharing their story of success, career advice, and industry insight. I'm Valeria and will be hosting today's episode. Today's guest is Ashley Orman. In 2017, Ashley joined Cosmopolitan as the senior wellness editor, becoming Hearst's first editor to work on both print and digital teams. Today, Ashley is Cosmopolitan's lifestyle director, overseeing the brand's food, home, money, career, and health content online as well as in the magazine. Her work has reached millions of eyes across the U.S. and internationally. Let's get into the show. I would love to just start, Ashley, if you could tell me about yourself and how your career in journalism began. Yes, great. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I am Ashley Orman. I'm the lifestyle director at Cosmopolitan. I oversee food, money, career, home, health, just like all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, I am originally from Iowa. So I went to the University of Iowa um, and I always knew that I wanted to write for magazines, but I didn't really realize it was a thing that I could do because of where I came from. You know, in Iowa, you don't meet too many magazine editors. But I interned at college newspapers and um, collegefashionista.com, and I somehow landed uh, a winter internship at Cosmopolitan during my senior year. And I interned under the editor who oversaw the Cosmo Body pages, and it was just like love at first sight. It was awesome. And was that internship in New York? It was. So it was the first time I had ever been to New York. The cab driver dropped me off in front of a pile of garbage as soon as I arrived. So it was great. <laughs> Got right into the New York City uh, vibe. And you, you've been there ever since? So it was during my winter semester. So I was there okay. for a month and um, just sort of loving it. And then I flew back home to finish out my senior year. And I actually job searched for um, jobs in New York City while I was living with my parents in Iowa, which was quite an adventure. So tell me about your first job right out of college. What was that experience like? Yeah, so my first job was at a website called theblush.com, which has since closed. Uh, it was owned by XO Group. They mm-hmm. own magazines like The Knot and, and stuff. And the site was like fashion and beauty based. So I was writing a lot of stuff about that. And unfortunately, I was laid off after eight months when the site closed. So I got like a real taste of, you know, sort of how volatile the industry can be. But, you know, it was a really great experience. I was the only editorial assistant on the site. It was just me and my site director. So I had tons of, um, like, hands-on experience. So, yeah, it was good. You said you started in fashion and beauty, but you eventually transitioned to a focus in health and wellness. So I'm curious, like, what drew you 
to writing about health and wellness specifically in your career? Yeah, so the internship at Cosmo was sort of an epiphany for me that I love health journalism. Um, I'm, so, I'm sort of like the friend who won't miss any opportunity to be a know-it-all, and this was like <laughs> the ultimate way to do that in every like in life every day. Um, so I loved during that internship. I loved interviewing experts like gynos and dermatologists and researchers, and then sort of like translating that information into human speak. Um, and I also. <laughs> weirdly became obsessed with birth control and reproductive rights, and I still am, and so it kind of just like made total sense uh, for me. Did you find that um, once you were, you know, focusing on health and wellness journalism that your friends would call you up and be like, hey, have you heard about this product, or do you have any advice, like would your friends kind of go to you for things like that? Yeah, it's so funny because like you become a health editor and your friends are like, oh good, she is a doctor now. Um, and sort of like with your colleagues too. It's so funny. Um, but again, I love this role that I've made for myself. So it's great. Yeah, I mean, that says a lot about, you know, your writing and your career that people trust you to like seek that information from you. So it's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And I also, you know, I don't take that lightly. I, you know, if someone messages me i think someone asked me about like a yeast infection question the like the other day and i and asked me about certain products and i like went online and looked at all the ingredients and looked at like some research on pubmed and came back to them with like way more information than probably they ever could have wanted but you know it's important to to do your due diligence and all that yeah for sure well I'm curious to know what a day in your life is like as the lifestyle director at Cosmopolitan. Can you share like a little bit about what you do on a daily basis and how your routine might change? Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically pure chaos, but in the best way. Um, it usually starts with editing some digital content that's going live that day. Um, we're doing a lot of home uh, home decor content right now, which is really exciting. And it's honestly really hard not to shop on the job. Um, so that is what I've been focused on online a lot recently. Um, and then I, you know, a couple times a week, we have wall meetings where I see how the current issue of the magazine is shaping up, um, you know, things we need to work on there, then I'll move into, you know, editing a print story or two or brainstorming ideas for future issues. Um, usually there are lots of meetings involved in my days. Magazines are very much a team sport and you have to really be a team player and communicating all the time. And is your team working um, remotely right now? We are. It's okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Does that present like any challenges in terms of collaboration that you all have had to find ways to pivot? I think shipping the magazine has been something that we thought that would be really, really hard. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, shipping refers to the week where it's the last time the editors look at the pages, it has to go to the printers, and the stakes are very high because if the pages don't make it on time, we get charged a fine. So, you know, it's a big deal. And so we thought that process would kind of be a nightmare since we normally, we would print out the stories and write on them and move them around physically in the office. 
Um, but we actually found a really great way to do it digitally and it's working really smoothly. Do you feel like uh, that would have happened regardless of the pandemic or do you think that was really brought on by that situation? Mm, it's hard to say, but I think, you know, like a lot of things, the pandemic sort of accelerated things that might have happened anyway. Right. Um, so it's possible, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> well, um, can you remind me how many years you've been at Cosmo now? Yeah, I've been here. I think a little over three years now. Okay. So it feels shorter and longer at the same time. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, your career spans much longer than that in the editorial industry in general. Um, so I'm just curious, like, how you've seen the magazine industry evolve over your career and how you've sort of had to adapt your skills or change your career path a little bit to respond to that change? Yeah. So when I started, digital and print were totally separate. But now so many brands have their teams doing all the things just like Cosmo does. And in my career, I went from sort of a digital focused editor to an editor who does all the things. And um, The processes with print and digital are very different. You know, print has more steps to work through, but the goal of both platforms is the same. You know, we want to give our reader the things they need to be successful humans out in the world. So, you know, the point of everything that we do doesn't matter how it's getting to our readers as long as it's getting to them. What is the company culture like at Cosmopolitan? It's great. You know, when we were in the office, I would go into work and everyone I considered a friend. If I had questions about something, you know, about TikTok or video or art, I could go to anyone and they would probably be happy to talk me through how to do those things. I think we're a really close-knit team. Um, Everyone works so hard and I think that kind of bonds us and we all like adore our readers so much and want to do the best for them so it's all it's like we're all working towards one goal and yeah everyone is just the best it's it's awesome (laughs) that's great you do love health and wellness journalism so much and that has been a focus in your career in the last five years i feel like um, health and wellness have become more popular topics of interest for readers. And so I was curious, what is it like reporting on such a dynamic industry and how have you seen it change over time? Yes, you are so right. Um, it has changed so much. When I was at Women's Health uh, from 2014 to 2017, uh, wellness was just starting to become a buzzword and it sort of evolved to mean like everything and nothing at the same time. And so I guess in terms of my career, I think the biggest thing I try to remember when covering health or and wellness is to be skeptical of products claiming to benefit your wellness and stick with sources that have backgrounds that I can really trust. You know, anything could be marketed to be a wellness product. And while, you know, a CBD bath bomb is lovely and probably does benefit your, your mental health in some way, it's, it might not be directly correlated to your health. So I guess I sort of have like this old cranky man living in my brain when I see a trend and I'm just like, Hmm, but is it really good? Or like, tell me more. 
Um, and I just listened to that cranky old man. <laughs> just following up on that, like, what are some of the craziest trends you've seen during your time reporting on health and wellness? Like, either ones that you loved or ones that you hated? Oh, that's so hard. Um, a health trend that I currently love is that so many companies are developing birth control services that you can have it just delivered to your door um, without insurance. In a perfect world, everyone would be able to access birth control without a copay from a pharmacist easily. Um, but unfortunately, that's not a world that we live in yet. So I think that is that is super cool and something that I would recommend to anyone who's like, I need some sort of birth control, but I don't have the resources or the insurance or whatever to make it happen. Like, I think that's such an awesome development. Um, I guess I don't pay too much attention to trends that I hate. Um, I guess the uh, detox tea has been sort of my, it's become my nemesis. And <laughs> anytime I see it, I just want to tell everyone how, <laughs> you know, these teas aren't regulated um, by the FDA and like, there's no way to know what's in them. And also, why are we trying to drink tea to lose weight? Like, let's just not. So I guess that would be a love and a hate. Has your background as a health reporter helped you in your current role as lifestyle director? Yeah, definitely. I sort of touched on this earlier, but my health reporter hat has taught me how to vet sources and turn confusing topics into digestible information. Um, we did a piece. Oh my God. I think it was like, two years ago now on health insurance, how to do health insurance. And um, I can't stop talking about it even years later because I feel like that was a true exercise in explaining something that people perceive as super complicated. And honestly, it is super complicated, um, but breaking it down in a way that makes sense to everyone and is helpful to the people who have to figure out which plan do I get? It's open enrollment time. What the hell do I do? So yes. I would imagine that's such a cool part of your job is taking like really complex or confusing topics and then making them just easy to read. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Like uh, it's not simple, but um, when you get it right, it just, it feels so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of your writing, like how did you become confident in your writing and reporting skills and develop your own unique style like over your career? It takes time and it takes practice. I had really amazing mentors. Um, I sort of went through boot camp with my team at Women's Health back in the day. And then again at Cosmo when I was learning how to be a print editor. Cosmo was the first job where I worked in print. And so I try to just take everything, constructive criticism, criticism that maybe doesn't feel so constructive um, as a learning moment and an opportunity to just like better myself. Even when all those notes in red make you like want to crawl into a hole, <laughs> you always sort of come out stronger on the other side and you just learn and you keep going. And one day you look up and you're like, oh, it didn't take me long to write that at all. And I actually think it's good. It just happens. Yeah, just developing that thicker skin over time when it comes to constructive criticism, I think is really important. Yes. What are some of your favorite projects that you've ever worked on at Cosmo? Ooh, this is really hard. Um, 
Well, obviously, I love that health insurance story so much. I will not stop talking about it. Um, and we also just published our first ever snack awards in the, um, oh my God, the April issue. And it's sparkly and beautiful and full of delicious snacks. It's not like a regular awards, it's cool awards. I'm just really proud of it. Um, we had like 25 taste testers and they were all very thorough in their judging and their testing. And the result is just like this gorgeous, funny, helpful list of snacks that you definitely want to eat. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you get to partake in the taste testing? Oh, I absolutely did. <laughs> I was not going to sit that one out. <laughs> That's awesome. Are there any other ones that come to top of mind for you? Yeah, so um, right now for our May-June issue, we're doing um, sort of a mini package about LGBTQ plus healthcare. You know, there have been so many studies showing that the LGBTQ plus community is not getting the healthcare that they deserve, and it's making them sick, a lot of them. And so this piece is sort of outlining those issues and giving the reader tips on exactly what to do when they face certain challenges. So it is not ready yet, but it will be soon. I'm very excited. That's awesome. In the editorial industry, sometimes career progression can be a slow journey. So I was wondering like what advice you have for climbing the career ladder from let's say an editorial assistant to a director or something like that. Yeah. Well, first, I don't think it's bad for a career to take time. Um, I went from editorial assistant to assistant editor back to editorial assistant so that I could work at Women's Health. And taking that sort of step back or step sideways ended up being a move that sort of changed the trajectory of my career because I just learned so much in that role. And I don't think I would have been ready to advance at a brand like Women's Health or Cosmo had I not had that, you know, year of sort of wondering, will I ever be an associate editor? Um, so it's not necessarily about quick advancement. Obviously, that is nice and helpful. And the way to do that, the way to advance quickly, if you know, your skills are developing along with you is to network. If you want to climb quickly, uh, reaching out to new people all the time, learning about their jobs, you know, making friends in the industry, those people, when something opens up, will think of you. So networking is huge. I think that's the biggest thing you can do besides sort of keeping your eyes on your own paper and thinking about like, what are my skills right now? What could be improved to get me to where I want to go? And how can I improve them? Maybe that means you take an online class. I took a couple online grammar refreshers because I needed them. And there's no shame in that. So, you know, if you need to spend some time thinking about those things in order to advance, it could definitely help you. Yeah, just like never stop learning and researching and perfecting your craft. Yes. Just to wrap it up here, Ashley, I would love to know what career advice you would give yourself at like any point in your life. This is hard. <laughs> um, 
So one of the biggest things, and I think it's taken me a really long time to understand this, and it's something that I'm honestly still working on, is that you don't need to burn yourself into the ground just to prove that you're good at your job. Like if you are a strong team member, that will show whether you work till 9 p.m. every night or whether you sign off at 6.30 like most nights. You know, sometimes it takes a little extra elbow grease and time to get the work to where it needs to be. But that shouldn't be like the standard that you live by. I've seen a lot of people just like go so hard until they're like, you know what, I don't even want to do this anymore because it's not fun and I'm tired and I'm sick and this is not how I want my job to make me feel. So setting boundaries is totally fine. You'll get the work done anyway. It always gets done. That's awesome advice. I would love it if you could let everyone know where they can find you online, on social media, and where they can keep up with Cosmopolitan, of course. Yeah. Um, Well, you can find me um, at Ashley Orman, Ashley, O-E-R-M-A-N, on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Twitter, but I'm not good at Twitter, so (laughs) it's not a good place to find me. I'm always happy to meet college grads or college students who are still trying to figure out their way in the industry. I love talking to those. I want to say kids, but I know they're not really kids, Um, (laughs) but the youth, I love chatting with them. So if you have questions or need advice, I'm around all the time. So you are welcome to hunt me down. Thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate your time. And it was great to learn more about you and your role at Cosmopolitan. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk with you. Thank you to Ashley for joining me on the podcast today and thank you to everyone who's listening. I hope you join us on the next Office Chats episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.